and welcome to Coatings Decoded. I am Mark Thomas, and today we're talking about the merging of two coatings industry giants, NACE International and SSPC, into the Association for Materials Protection and Performance, or AMP. Today I'm joined by Bob Chalker. He's the Chief Executive Officer of AMP, and also Corey Brown, the Vice President at Tanima Company. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Hi, Mark. So let's just start out and talk about some of the concerns that especially contractors might have um, about the, the merging of these two well-known associations in the coatings industry. And right off the bat, for contractors who have spent uh, time and investment in getting certain accreditations, you know, what's going to happen with the merger between NACE and SSPC and those contractor accreditation programs? Uh, yeah, that's a great question and, and one that got answered or asked and answered, I think, pretty early in the process. Um, we, uh, we made the commitment that and the recognition that although both organizations had a, a contractor accreditation program, that the QP program from SSPC was extremely well established. Uh, it was doing a great job for the industry and that that would be the foundation of how we would move forward. So that has been confirmed. And in fact, the uh, former NACE NICAP program has been sunset. Um, we are going forward with the QP program. There's some very minor modifications, more of how things happen behind the scenes. Uh, but for the contractors, their accreditations are firm. And then those contractors who did have the NICAP accreditation, there's a very easy path to move to being QP certified. So for AMP, the program going forward will be the AMP. QP program. And uh, as I said, we're, we're using a lot of what was foundationally there um, in the old program for going forward. It was extremely well done. So yeah, that's great news, Bob. I, I know. So all, all of the QP number designations, all of the titles that go along with the designations, all of those are remaining the same and, and no changes there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, for a couple of reasons, one is First of all, make it simpler for the contractors and for us, by the way. But the other is a lot of that is written into regulations, specifications, um, even in some places it's written into law. Um, if we went and started changing the name, then we would create um, a problem for ourselves. So uh, for now and for the long, I'll say for quite a while, there may come a day where it'll make sense to start to transition to something different. But I don't see that. There's no plan for that. There's no discussion. It's just recognition that um, you can create more havoc than good by trying to mess with the yeah. how things titled and name. I could totally see that. I mean, I spend a lot of time in the field uh, talking with our contractors, and you know these these QP numbers and the titles they just roll right off of everyone's tongue. Uh, you say those things out loud on job site and, or even at pre-job conferences or when we're, you know, when we're trying to write coding specifications. I mean, these things are just well known and, uh, and well established. So it's good to hear. I think that's going to be very smooth. Yeah, that, that is um, early on. That was one of the things we said as part of the negotiations that would make sense to uh, maintain and support. So uh, there's, we need some details to work out, and there's still a few more details to work out, but we have a member committee that's working that um, and making sure that everything transitions smoothly. That's great. Glad to hear it. This, this merger just took place in January 2021, so it's still relatively new. I know there's a lot uh, of integration process and kind of transition that has to take place. It's a very large effort with a lot of people working on it. 
And if we move to some of the individual certifications that people may have obtained from either of the past organizations, what are going to ha- what's going to happen with those? At what point do they need to look at an, a new type of certification? Is there going to be a transition period there that they may have to recertify with an old with their previous certification or move to the new one? So great question, but I want to, if you bear with me, I want to address something because you brought up a really important point and that is this was effective January 1st was the merger. Um, just because some of the people on the audience may or may not be aware of the whole process. Let me take a minute to talk about that because I think it'll set the foundation for answering some of these questions. Um, this has really been a, it's going on three year process and it's still got another year or two of work ahead of it. Um, you know, if, if you think of any merger, think of the Continental United merger or um, the Sherwood and the uh, Marriott hotels, um, these things don't happen instantaneous. There's a lot of work that happens leading up to it. And then you have the official merger date, the legal merger, and there's a lot of things that have to happen after. <clears throat> and we, we started this um, two years prior to, to January 1st. A lot of it was done in what we call the quiet period. That's where a lot of the high level negotiations, do we think we can make this work? There was some attorney work done, et cetera. And then we took it public and we got member feedback. And ultimately in April, we had the vote. And, and up until the vote in April, most of the work that was done was hypothetical. If we were to merge, could we do this? What does it look like? After the vote of April 1st, it got really serious. And, and we had 90% support from both organizations' membership, which I would call a mandate. It, it wasn't that, you know, some people thought it was good and some people did. It was pretty strong message from the membership to do it, um, which was great because it really helped solidify that this was the right thing. So we created um, 16 I think it's 16, might actually be 18, committees, ad hoc committees made up of members representing both of the legacy organizations to work through every aspect of the merger. So there was a committee working on the naming and the branding. There was a committee working on certification and the QP or accreditation program, what we're going to do with conferences. Um, There were even committees looking at IT systems. So as you would expect, two organizations separate it would have been too easy if we both would have used the same <laughs> IT platform, which we did not. Um, so we have a lot of a lot of challenges that that creates in bringing this together. But these these sixteen committees between April or actually May first and the end of last year put together a business plan or a roadmap for us to follow forward um, across the organization. It's one hundred it's one hundred and seventy pages long, um, and it's not full of a lot of words. It's pretty. 170 pages of do this and this is the way we're going to work. And I give you that background because I want people to know that whether it's the QP or certification, a lot of thought was put into what we do. And it was members who have a vested interest in this. So, for example, the QP, the committee was made up of contractors Um, for for the certification. It's if it was the inspectors who hold the NACE and the SSBC certification. It was contractors or applicators who hold the applicator certification. Um, so it was the people who live this out. Certification is always one of the trickier ones. Um, both organizations had very large uh, coatings inspection programs. We both had coding applicator programs. And although in the industry, there was some recognition that 
there was similarities between the two. And in some places, even interchangeability. In other places, there wasn't. Some places said you had to have NACE or you had to have SSBC. The reality is there were some differences in what was taught and what was examined. Um, and by differences, not in, on any one topic, but the scope that each certification covered. So we had some work to do to say, how are we going to transition um, the certifications? A couple of decisions have been made. One is we will be moving forward with the NACE CIP program as the foundational inspection program. That, that is a given. Um, for the applicator program, we're going to use a blend of both the existing SSPC program and the NACE program. Almost think of it as increasing levels. Um, so the, the, they'll both be part of that uh, with the CUPE or with the uh, prior NACE applicator certification sort of being the capstone, but we're still going to have the prior SSPC certifications leading up to it. So it'll be a pathway. Um, the big message I can give to people is if you are currently certified, maintain your certifications until more is communicated. That is going to be critical that your certifications are maintained um, because we, if you have kept your certifications current, the transition will be very fairly easy. Um, if you haven't, then that's where it's going to create challenges or difficulties. So if somebody's thinking, well, I'll wait, I'm not going to renew. I'm going to wait until I hear what, which one's going to be the one going forward. They'll regret doing that. Um, it's really important to stay current. It's not going to take us very long to get the message out there. There will need to be some. Um, so I said the CIP program will be the program that goes forward. There is going to need to be some development of learning or confirmation of knowledge from people who were on the SSPC side to become CIP certified in the new model. We're gonna make that as painless as possible. You're not gonna to have to do it tomorrow. Um, there's gonna be a transition period that will give people the opportunity to do it. It's not, hopefully it's not a big deal, but there are some steps that we're gonna to have to take and those are still being developed now. So we don't, I don't have the answer of exactly what's gonna be required. Um, so if you hold an ACIP certification, you're probably good. If you hold the um, SSPC inspector certification, there is going to be some level of, of transition. And Bob, um, I know most people who have those certifications sort of, um, you know, uh, well, I'll, let me just put it in terms of myself. I sort of wait on that piece of mail to show up one day and inside is a letter. Uh, from either SSPC or NACE, depending on which cert uh, certification body I'm dealing with, reminding me of my due date on when to certify yeah. and how to go about that. So um, I, I would anticipate that those letters for now are still coming uh, under the letterhead from their previous organizations. Um, what should we what should we be watching in the mail for? Uh, so so you, you said something really interesting. So first of all, yes, um, the branding of the certification will maintain it. We will keep the, the NACE brand for the certification. And when it's a certification that we're keeping from SSPC, we will keep that certification. And that's really important for the same reason I talked about QP. These certifications are required in regulations and in specifications, and it would be a mistake to change them all to AMP. So the branding will stay the same. 
There will be communication via email on what's happening. Um, we're also doing a lot of other forms of communication. We have uh, regular uh, webinars that are happening every month. They were every two weeks. Now we've gone to every month. We have an every other Friday newsletter that's giving people updates, what's happening on the merger, what's changing, what's going on. So we are doing everything we can to make sure people are being communicated to of what's happening, where we're at, and what they need to do to stay current. Um, That's fantastic. Yes. Definitely. Well, Bob, the, there's lots of standards out there. They've been uh, added to for years and years, and they were really broken into SSP and NACE, at least in the North American coatings market. Uh, a lot of technical documents, specifications, just throughout the, the coatings industry, these standards were really utilized. Uh, but they were a little bit of a duplication of, of the same world. Um, what's going to happen moving forward with those standards? Uh, great question. This is, this is one of the areas where we really saw value in bringing the two organizations together. You noted that there's some duplication out there, um, probably even some conflict uh, within the standards. Um, but more importantly, if you look at what's happening in the standards world globally, and these are global organizations, um, most people don't think of it this way, but the, actually the standards business is very competitive. There are a lot of organizations who would like to write standards for our industry. Um, ISO, for example, has been very active trying to write standards for our industry. To some degree, um, some of the other ones like um, ASNT and some other groups, not quite as much ASME, IEEE, but ISO in particular. And so having us come together as one organization, not only does it um, create some, I'll call it economy of scale and address some of that conflict, meaning as an industry, we only have to work with one standards writing body instead of two. Um, it gives us some strength in the global marketplace to be able to control our own destiny. I think one of the worst things that can happen to an industry is when people outside the industry start to take control of writing the standards. And in the case of AMP, we are the coatings and corrosion industry. That's what we do. Everything that we're involved with is this industry. If you look at an ISO, they write standards for everything from medical devices to you know, your film standards or your digital camera standards to the size of your toilet seats. To, they're all over the place. Their business is standards. Ours is corrosion and coatings. Having that control is so important. And by coming together, it really gave us a lot of strength in this market that we didn't have when we were divided. Number one is we're not going to duplicate effort anymore. We'll have one stand, one set of standards. Number two is we'll have one decision-making process and one standards development process that we will follow. Um, and then third, I think the, the recognition globally that this is these are global organizations. Um, in fact, I will argue in some ways, AMP is more internationally represented than even ISO is. ISO is very strongly influenced by Europe, um, where we truly have a, a global representation. So, that makes it a really, um, I think, smart for our industry to do this. Now, there's some things that need to happen. One is you asked about one, what are we going to do to come together? We did develop standards very differently. Our approaches to the process were different. And so we have a team um, 
that in the committee, the program committee for standards who are working through the details of how we will develop standards, what will that process look like going forward? It isn't settled yet. The other is the technology that supports standards writing. Um, there's a, two things that come into play. One is we did use different software to support it, but the bigger challenge is the company who supported SSPC and one that we were actually looking to go to has made significant changes into that software that now no longer makes it uh, attractive to us. So on top of merging our two processes, we need to find a new software system to support it. And so that's just has added to the challenge. So what we've decided to do is we are going to maintain both standards processes in the short term. The hope is by the end of the year, this will all be resolved and we will have come to one standards development process. But for now, we're keeping both processes in existing. It's creating double work and some, you know, frankly, some waste. But until we get these things resolved and we get to agreement on the process and make sure we have the right software to support us, it's the right thing to do. That said, even after this, those standards will maintain their old nascent SSPC brand for the same reason that certification and QP is it's even more than those. These standards are written into laws, regulations, specifications around the world. And to change those to AMP would create a problem. So we are going to continue, you know, nascent. I'm going to use it because I know an MRO-175 is going to maintain NACE MRO-175. If there was an SSPC standard, it will maintain that name. Um, we will eventually put a strategy in place to transition to the AMP brand for standards. This We do think it's going to be important that AMP starts to be recognized as a standards writing body for all the reasons I talked about earlier, that positioning us in the standards world it's important that we build that AMP brand and reputation. Uh, so we'll be a little more aggressive with that to make the transition, but it's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be this year or probably even next year. It'll be some type of slow strategic introduction of the new branding and the new name. That's great, Bob. I, I think this, the, the membership of what is now AMPP is something like 40,000 members. Uh, That's right. I recall correctly. And so, you know, the things that you talk about make a lot of sense. It seems um, the members have the voice in the organization, which is why um, it's it's good and proper and right that they're uh, determining which one of the standards might have the best brand strength and the and be the most competitive in the place. And those through this committee um, that's been formed to blend these together and, and determine this process, those things are coming to the surface. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the other thing you have to write exactly, they're coming to the surface. And the other thing you have to, to see in this in standards development. So we have to meet certain standards in our standards development process. ANSI basically tells us how we have to develop standards. And so the new process has to meet that ANSI requirement. And then it has to meet some ISO requirements in order to be able to be recognized internationally. So these standards bodies actually no surprise there, right? Standards on how to develop right. standards. And we have to follow those. And so part of that is, is making sure we're doing that well. Um, and so definitely, you mentioned 40,000 people too, or 40,000 members. That makes us very influential. Yeah. This would put us 
probably globally in the top 5% of, of association or standards writing bodies in the world as far as influence goes. I mean, IEEE, there are several hundred thousand members, right? So they're going to be much more uh, influential in some ways than we are ASME. Um, but we're no small potatoes in this. We have a strong, strong voice, uh, particularly now that we've come together. That's fantastic. And, I, you know, I've served on um, a committee here and there with SSPC over time. Um, and so not to get confused, but to draw clarification to the point, um, there is a committee who's working on the process for how to blend uh, the process of standards writing into, yep. into the new organization. But there are also individual standard writing committees exactly. um, that are still in place. And those members have been notified of their positions and, and, um, and sort of letting that process play out of, of how those committee memberships are, are selected and how the, each individual standard committee will operate go, going forward. Those are separate from the committee whose job it is to sort of yeah. set the process up and blend them together. Exactly. And that's that's one of the areas where we had two different approaches and that we need to figure out what's going to be the approach for AMP going forward. Um, both had a, I'll call it a hierarchy or an architecture of how we were organized uh, in the committee world, the subcommittees, et cetera, um, and the approach. And right now, one of the things we're still working through is what does it look like for AMP? Because NACE and SSPC did it differently. Both were good, but we can't use both. We got to come to agreement on one. And, and of course, there's a lot of there's pros and cons to both. And it's it's not always an easy decision to decide what's the right way going forward. Sure. That makes sense. Well, Bob, I, it sounds like you're a busy man. I think the whole organization's busy with this transition. It's going to continue on for months and even a few years into the future as as these two giants are merged together. Really appreciate your time. I think this was a great session. It helps provide some useful information to uh, our customer base and, and our mutual uh, customer bases. So really appreciate it. Uh, thanks a lot for your time. Corey, thank you for joining us as well. Sure. And that's it for this edition of Coding's to Code. I appreciate your time. Very good. Thank you. Thanks, Bob.